welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. And so this morning, what I'm going to do is ask uh, that we turn our attention to this screen. If you can't see it too much, that's fine. I'm going to make sure the the, uh, volume is up nice and loud because it's uh, from a film called Secondhand Lions. You have Robert Duvall, the older man, and then you have this younger 13-year-old kid named Walter. And uh, Robert Duvall, whose name is Hub, says to this young man uh, a few truths about life. It's, It's his how to be a man speech. And so I want you to watch it. If you've seen the film, it may bring back some fond memories. So thanks, Luke, wherever you are, that'd be great. You know, Hub's speech, that's the character that Robert Duvall plays, echoes a larger truth that people seem to sense is out there. It's like C.S. Lewis says in Mere Christianity, he says that human beings over all the earth have this conscious or sorry, curious idea that they ought to behave in a certain way and cannot really get rid of it. Hub senses that there are several, uh, sorry, certain ways a man should act, certain things a man should believe in, enough to affect and guide their behaviour. And that idea, argues Lewis, is not a mere herd instinct, a social convention given to us by education or the like. Instead, it's something that exists outside of us, a real truth like mathematics is real, this idea, argues Lewis, is in fact of God. The more on this subject, we'll read later. I want you to know that within the heart of all of us, whether we care to acknowledge it today or not, is that this notion that we should behave a certain way, that we should believe a certain way, And I want to read a portion from the Word of God this morning. And the author of who I'm about to read is Paul. Paul wrote much of the New Testament. And uh, this is kind of his how to be a man speech. He was reading to a church in Greece. And this church had all kinds of problems going on. It had doctrinal issues. It had marriage issues. It had morality issues. It's funny that things don't change too much some 2,000 years later. And Paul writes into this context these few words. In actual fact, it's just two sentences. Speaking to the men, he says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. It's strong advice for tough times. And all the statements that Paul uses are commands, they're not options. He says this, and this would be the title of my message, act like men. In other words, be mature, grow up. The way that sentence is written, it's a present tense. It's not something we aspire to be one day. It's like, let's make a decision and start acting like men now. He says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. In other words, we are born male, but to become a man is a choice. We have to choose to become men. 
And in order to become men, we have to put certain things aside and we have to embrace certain things. It's about letting go of. It's about embracing. It's about leaving. It's about cleaving. And the choice is not mine to make for you. It's a choice you have to make for yourself to become and act like men. If I said to this room this morning, who wants to become a man? I mean, you just, it has to be a yes answer. And, and we can get really excited. And I, I, I have a motivational gift on my life. And so I can, I can talk it up. And pretty soon we can be rah, rah, rahing. And we go, ooh, ooh, ooh. we can be doing all of that. And we'd leave on a high. But at the end of the day, though, that, that moment will soon be lost. Because that is not acting like a man. That's just having fun. And, and you need those moments of fun. I'm not against those moments. But it's when we go out into the harsh realities of life, when we're facing a wife that's not agreeing with us, when it's facing children that are kind of, you know, not behaving the way they ought, it's these moments in life. It's when tempted at the workplace or tempted at the school to do something that you know intrinsically is not right, but everyone else is doing it. And then there's this pressure. Paul says, act like a man. Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean you should do it. Stop and think, act like a man. And so his whole premise is to just arrest us from what we are presently doing to get us thinking and acting like men. And he makes four little observations about how that can become our reality. The first thing he says is this, be watchful. You want to act like a man, then do this, be watchful. Because men watch. Another way of saying it is be alert. It's a military term, a strategic term. It means to be vigilant. What happens when those who are on guard fail in their watch? If you're anything like me, you would have seen war movies growing up as a kid. And you get the certain man who's on patrol and you see him start falling asleep. And it's when he starts falling asleep that certain things can get past him. It's when the enemy can sneak in. It's when others can suffer loss. And when we fall asleep, when we are on watch, people can die. You've seen some of those films? You know what I'm on about? And so this is a military. We've got to be vigilant. We've got to stay awake. We've got to watch. Paul says we've got to be watchful. I've written down some things, not, it's not an ex exhaustive list, but some things we need to watch out for. We need to watch where we go when we're emotionally low. All of us have highs in life and all of us have lows in life. And it's when we are emotionally low, when we are tired, when we are hungry. They're probably the two big ones for guys, tired and hungry. You know what I'm on about? Why are you making this hard for me this morning? You look at me like, no, that doesn't happen to me. Tired and hungry, watch where you go when you're emotionally low. Because when you're feeling like the world's against you, when you're feeling hungry, when you're feeling tired, when you've had a tough day at work and the boss doesn't agree with you or whatever the case may be, it's what we do in those moments that are all important. And often we revert to entertainment. And it's often that we 
we turn to just exhilaration and we try and get a high when we're in a low place. And that's why guys often turn to alcohol, drugs, pornography. In actual fact, pornography is the new drug of today. And, it, and it's, it's out there, it's free, it's readily available. And I want to say, as men, let's act like men and let's watch where we go when we're emotionally low. Watch what you say. Watch who you hang out with. I've told many stories. Those stories are becoming more meaningful to me because um, halfway through this year, the man that pastored and mentored me as a 17-year-old through to 23, the man who married me, the man who discipled me during those years, is actually part of our church now and he's actually here on the same table with me. His name's Paul Benithan. And uh, having him in our world on a closer level in more recent times has been a real thrill. And it's just made me understand what I've been preaching over the years, how important it really is. Having the right people in your world is oh so important. I remember as a young man growing up, this man pulling me aside and saying, hey Tony, there's a couple of guys in your world that are not necessarily bad people, they're just not necessarily good for you. And I, they, they were great friends of mine. They were actually my best friends at that time and I didn't like the advice he gave me. I didn't agree with the advice he gave me. Yet nonetheless, because he said, I found myself pulling away from these guys. They didn't understand it. They didn't like it. It didn't get pretty. But I'm so glad as I look back with hindsight that I had men and have men like Paul in my life looking out for me, watching out for me so that I can make some good godly decisions. Who you hang around with is so important. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. It doesn't matter if you go to the best church in the world. Get the best advice in the world. If you're hanging around the wrong people, ultimately, they will override any good advice. And so watch who you hang around with. As I've already mentioned, let's watch out for one another. In Paul speaking into my life, he was watching out for me. And can I say, if someone who knows you well says, hey, look, I, I, I don't know if that's the best thing for you. I think part of acting like a man is acknowledging that advice and not just making it even harder. Because this is what I know. When you actually go to confront anyone, even in the nicest possible way, it's difficult. It's not easy to say, hey, mate, your breath stinks. Hey, mate, you've got something in your teeth. Those things are, are difficult enough, but they're the easy ones. But when you've got to start talking to a man about the way he's speaking to his wife, and I've noticed this, and I've noticed that, they're tough. And the reason so few people do it is because of the way people respond when it's done. And so I want to encourage you to act like men. And that means watching out for others. Paul says, be watchful. Watch out for each other. Watch out for opportunities to model your faith. We gave our mum a great send-off on Wednesday and the feedback we've had come back to us, and I'm sure the same would be for Pete and Baz. I got this, they said, I, I hope you take this the right way, but it didn't feel like a funeral. It felt more like a celebration. And I know myself and my two brothers, we went into this funeral wanting to model something. 
Because if we have this hope, if we have this hope that we preach, this is our time to model it. And probably the best way to model these moments is in the tough times. And so we kept getting this feedback. Wow, it was so, it was so different. Even the funeral director said, that's the most relaxed funeral we've ever done. And that's what we wanted to model. We wanted to model that in these moments, you don't have to spend a whole heap of money. I was being watchful and mindful that this is an opportunity. And my mum was a very simple person and a very strong person. And so I remember sitting there with the funeral director and with Pete, myself and him and one other. And I said, we're going to come across like we're really stingy. But what you've got to understand is we want to reflect our mum well. And she was a simple person. And so those big uh, expensive coffins, we're not interested in. You can keep your flowers. We know you're only doing your job. We're not, we're not attacking the funeral parlour. We're just saying we, we want to reflect our mum the best possible way. And the way we can do that is simplicity. And so we put a few of her favourite flowers on the coffin. And I got this little jar with sour sobs. Because no one looked after sour sobs like our mum. She was, she was incredibly kind to us in whatever we gave to her. It meant a lot to her. Unlike me, when, when our kids give us sour sauce, I go, thank you, they're straight in the bin. There's, a, there's not the sense of appreciation that my mum had for the simple things. And so on the casket was a little jar with some sour sobs. And at the whole time we're trying to model something. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to be manipulated by others to show how much you love someone by how much you spend on them. It's an opportunity. And the reason we're able to take that opportunity is because we're watching and looking. And so Paul says, be watchful. And I want to say to you as men this morning, be watchful. Secondly, he says, stand firm in the faith. Again, it's another militant term. Paul is calling on the Corinthians. And I'm calling upon you today to make a stand, to hold your ground. In order for us to stand firm, we need to know what we believe. So what is it you really believe? And you probably never really know what we really believe until we face times of trouble. And in times of trouble, instead of complaining and whinging, that's the time to ask yourself, what do I really believe? Because nothing will test us and nothing will test our belief systems like when we're under fire. And that's the time we've got to stand our ground, hold our line. So in order to do that, we need to know what we believe. We need to know why we believe it. I thank God in the home we grew up in, we were encouraged to ask questions. And if you ever visit this church, we're going to encourage you to ask questions. We don't want you to kiss your brains goodbye. We want you to ask questions because we want you to have a conviction about what you believe and what you don't believe, what you agree with and what you don't agree with. And there are many men in this room who came as sceptics and cynics. They came hurt. They had plenty to say about the church. It's amazing. Some guys come with a history of 30, 40, 50 years and the first meeting they have with me, the first meeting they have with Pete, the first meeting they have with other pastors in our church, they just vent and it's like everything that's happened in their life, it's our fault. And we hold our line. We stand the, our ground. And we encourage them to get that off their chest. We encourage them to come along. We encourage them to ask questions. We encourage them to come to church as an unbeliever, come to church as a sceptic. 
Because I have a reason for the hope for which I believe. Norm, I, I've been referring to Norm a little bit lately in my preaching. But he was one of those men who came very cynical, very sceptical, very much an unbeliever. And for some reason he ended up coming to church. And for another strange reason he kept coming back. But he came back as an unbeliever and he came back as a loud, proud unbeliever. But he couldn't deny some of the you know, helpful hints that were coming his way. You know, and he's a, he's a, he's a husband and he's a, he's a parent now. And so, you know, I'll, I'll take that. But you, you can, you know, kind of stick the religious stuff. That, but but you know, that helped my parenting. So, thank you. And I'll never forget the day he stood up, having received so much help from the church in his time of need. And he stood up in front of our church. He asked me if he could have the microphone. And he stood in front of the church and said, look, all of you know that I am very much not a believer, but I do want to say thank you. And he gave flowers to all the women who'd cooked meals for him. It's a really effeminate thing to do. <laughs> for a tough, sceptical, cynical, unbelieving, macho man, I'm thinking, that's funny. Because us good, respecting Christians, we'd never do that. That's just like... But this is what he said. He said, you know I don't believe in God, but if he does exist, he dwells amongst you lot. And so his belief system, things are starting to change. And now if you talk to Norm, he's got a conviction. He's got an understanding that helps him stand firm. We don't want you just saying, yes sir, no sir, three bags full. We want you to question. Because yes sir, no sir doesn't help when you're in trouble. Stand firm. How do you stand firm? You've got to know what you believe. You've got to know why you believe what you believe. And then you've got to act upon what you believe. Paul says, stand firm. The third thing he says, if we're going to act like men, be strong. Be strong. It refers to a strength in action rather than sim simply strength in possession. It isn't about how much you bench press. It's how you act in times of trouble. It's an inner strength. It's a strength of character. It's about being bigger on the inside. I want to show one more snippet, one more video footage this morning. And it's from one of my favourite characters, one of my favourite movies of all time. That's Rocky. This is Rocky Six. I know they deteriorated over time. I know that, so bear with me. But the best thing to come out of Rocky VI is this little speech that Rocky Balboa gives to his complaining son. So if you can turn your attention one more time to the screen and take a look at this. You know, this I know, and it's true in the Christian world and not. We have well-intentioned men. They start out well. It might be in a uni course because they want to become a great teacher. They want to become a great lawyer. They want to become a great this or a great that. I think about all the men that have walked down the aisle to marry the love of their life with every intention of making a life together forever. I've seen Christians start ministries with every intention of changing the world. And little by little, slowly but surely, over time, things disintegrate, be it the ministry, 
So many pastors are burnt out today. So many people not going to church today. So many men anti-marriage today. So many people dropping out of university and schools. Because it's not enough just to start something. It's about seeing something through. It's about following through on your commitments. And to do that, you need strength. And if there's one quality that the enemy is after from you, it's your strength. He wants to rob you of your strength. Remember the story of Samson, this supernaturally inspired man who was able to do incredible feats of strength. And he met a woman, the wrong woman, Delilah. And all she wanted to know was a secret of his great strength. So that this strength could be sapped from his life so that he would be rendered useless. That's the work of the enemy. And there's a work going on in the unseen realm that wants to rob you essentially of your strength. Because when you've got your strength, you will give up and you will give in. And we need to draw a line in the sand as men and be strong and courageous. It's interesting when Joshua took over from Moses, the word of the Lord came to him. He said, be strong and courageous. He didn't say have more theology. Three times he said, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Because to do what you're going to do in life, you've got to be strong and courageous. Because you are going to get knocks. You're going to get opposition. You're going to get people not agreeing with you. You're going to get people not liking what you say and what you do. And that's where the strength and courage and fortitude and character come in. Anyone can start something, but it takes men to finish it. It takes men of character and strength to see something through. The times I hear that this person said this and this pastor did this, as if somehow they have a right to give up and a right to give in. And that's why I love that speech. It's not about what life throws at you. Life will throw a lot at you. But it's how we respond. It's being able to get back up from the punches and keep moving forward. It's about having a bad day in your marriage, but not believing the lie that marriage doesn't work, but just, just apologise, just repent, just love on one another one more time and move forward. That's what we've got to do as men. And when you have a bad day at work, oh, you can keep changing jobs and changing jobs and changing jobs, but maybe the answer is change you. Maybe that's where we're at in life. It's not about changing everyone else and everything else. It's about changing us. Otherwise, we're just going to join the majority that are blaming everybody. Rocky says, whatever you're worth, go out and get what you're worth. Make it happen. He says, stop with the pointer finging, uh, the finger pointing. That's what cowards do. And you ain't a coward. You're better than that. And so when people say things about you, before you start retaliating, ask yourself this, am I better than that? If you don't like that, by our silence, we say, I'm better than that. By not getting involved in the low-level arguments and conversations, it's about moving forward. And to do that, it's going to take strength. 
The Bible says, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? Smith Wigglesworth, a man who's used mightily of God, did great exploits, great things. He used to say, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside. And he was a big man, but he was bigger on the inside. That's, that's where the strength comes from. It comes from the inside. Which brings me to my last point this morning. And Paul says this, do all of this that I've just mentioned, but do it in love. He's got these three militant terms. Be watchful. Stand firm. Be strong. But may they all be undergirded with love. Love's the motivation to be strong. Love's our motivation to stand firm. Love's our motivation for why we keep watching, keep persevering and refuse to give, out, uh, give up. God at his most powerful is also God at his most vulnerable. Love, sorry, without love, watchfulness can deteriorate into judgment. Without love, it could lead us to be militant and hard-hearted. Without love, firmness can lead to hardness. Without love, strength can be dominating. Without love, doctrine and theology and church attendance can make us self-righteous, dogmatic, and smug. It's love that makes us like Christ. Love is not easy. In fact, if we truly love, it'll cost us something. Jesus loved the world and it cost him his life. It cost him his reputation. But we do need to remember that sometimes the the toughest moments in our life produce the sweetest results. And that's why I'm so grateful that Jesus in his love for humanity went to a cross at his most powerful is at his most vulnerable. The toughest situation in his life produced the sweetest result, the redemption of humanity. Little wonder Paul says to be strong because if we endure the tough times, we can get some of the sweetest results. I think there's a generation of men who are not producing the sweet results, they're not seeing the sweet results because they're not prepared to stand in the toughness that's required to see it through. And I want to encourage you and employ you as men this morning to act like men, to be watchful, to stand firm, to be strong. And to do it all in love. Philip Brooks said this, Never pray for an easier life. Pray to be a stronger man. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks. Then doing your work will be no miracle. You, yourself, will be that miracle. Can I pray for you this morning? Because I realize this environment with so many men and such great food and the inspirational videos 
and the emotions that are you know, running around our bodies and minds right now. This, this is a good place to hear a message like this. But that world out there can be cruel, can be tough, can be hard. It can throw you some curveballs. In actual fact, I don't think you can be too encouraging of someone because life's going to knock that out of you. So I want you to go home today if you've got kids. You love on them. You tell them they're awesome. You grab their little arms and say, man, you're so muscular. You, you, you just, they won't, if they do get big-headed, that's fine. You've done your job because life's going to knock some of the big-headedness out of them. We don't have to do that. And so, Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity to gather together this morning as men. And I just pray that your word would hit the mark in our lives. That with the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in us, you'd help us to be watchful. Stand firm. Be strong and act in love that we might become the men that you've called us to be. We realise it's not easy. We realise we're not up to the task. And so we ask, dear God, for the strength, for the task that is ahead of us. We ask for the impartation of what is required for us to become better men. And we ask that today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're visiting this morning and you don't have a church background, maybe you came today under the guise of a great meal. I hope you got that great meal. We are not here to twist anybody's arms. We are here as a church in this community to help men, women, and children. That's why we as a church exist. We want you to find your purpose in life. We are not here to brainwash you so as much as we are to help you. And probably one of the best ways we can help you is the questions that you have. I would encourage you to ask all your questions. I would encourage you to hang around long enough because we are not against you, we are for you as a church. And if your background of church is, is, is messing with your mind right now. Whatever your experience, whatever's happened, I'm sorry for that. But I do believe in a great future. I do believe in new beginnings. I do believe in a new day. And so hang around, be blessed, and whatever you find yourself doing today, do it with all your heart, with all your mind, and may it bring glory to God. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.